Welcome back to the Connect Podcast. I'm Derek Miller, Senior Pastor at River Valley Christian Fellowship. And uh, with me today, we have a special, special guest. Mm. Not just one special, but he gets two specials. Special guest I feel with special. us today. <laughs> uh, with me today is Dick Stenzinger. Uh, and we're so thankful you came to be on the Connect Podcast today. Welcome. Hey, great to be here. I do. Like I said, I feel special just you saying all the special things about me. So, hey, no, it's exciting to be here. Hey, a little background. Uh, you and I have known each other a long time now. Yeah. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting old together. We Well, we are. We, we are. And uh, you still have your hair, though. Yeah. yeah so so you, you're not showing your age yeah. as much as I am showing mine. But uh, nevertheless, let's move on. Um, yeah. You have been in this church, River Valley Christian Fellowship now for lots of decades. Yeah. I mean, you were yeah. what, 18, 19, something yeah. like that when you yeah. started attending here? Mm, yeah, about 20, 21. Yeah. 2021. Not, okay. I started dating. Yeah. Okay. So, so you've been here a long time. You're currently an elder mm-hmm. here at River Valley, been, have been an elder or in that leadership position for man people just keep voting you in <laughs> isn't that something some votes have been close but hey i've skated by a few times but yeah have you ever been surprised wow yeah i yeah, yeah this is this is really uh this this key this train just keeps on going yeah you this are. elder train yeah. just yeah. keeps on going yeah. and i'm still on it yep so keep it rolling as, as long as god blesses and we're going to keep doing it that's so, right yeah. that's yeah. right well yeah i am blessed to uh have been uh a part of this church now for going on 30 years. And did you know this, this month, uh, I'm celebrating 20 years, full-time staff. Here. Are you really? 20 years. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So most I of it was my, a little longer than that. So most of my adult life, um, but you know, I was part-time prior to that, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. full-time tw- uh, since 2000. Well, I remember you and Teresa came when you guys were in college and your, your that's parents were living here and you came in college and you were in Sunday right. school class with us. And yeah. yes, so anytime I needed laundry done oh, from college, yeah. <laughs> I would make my way home and have great cooking for the weekend and, and mama would do my laundry. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it has been, yeah. So you have been, you've had so many uh, roles within the life of our church over these decades uh, you and Rhonda, which we'll get to her in a second, but <laughs> it's all you, about her. <laughs> it, it is usually, uh, but you guys have uh, been, you did youth ministry here yeah. for a long time and, uh, we're blessed to be a part of, of a lot of students' lives over those, those years. And that's really when we came in, you guys were still in it, mm-hmm. uh, at that time, uh, doing student ministry. So when Teresa and I moved up here in 1991, uh, you guys were, uh, leading the student ministries. Um, and of course you, you were a Sunday school teacher for many years as well. Um, so, so you've had lots of roles, leadership roles. Junior and, church. We did junior church for years. Yeah. And now we've done, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's, there's been lots of opportunity for ministry over the years. And, and so I've appreciated that about you. Um, and so, uh, now to your wife, because uh, yeah. you're mostly known as Rhonda's husband. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and Rhonda was our first celebrity guest here on the Connect podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we're calling her, our oh, first celebrity. I know. Guest. Ever since then, she's been hard to live with. It's been <laughs> it's been a rough few months, but yeah. <laughs> we call her a celebrity because she uh, entered into a dance contest on the Ryan and Kelly morning show mm-hmm. and won the thing. Yep. She was on national television. She yeah. was right up there on their big screen behind the you know where they sit, and uh, she was up there dancing and. 
and won the thing. Yeah, they gave a shout out to Bourbon A in her honor, and you know, that's so right. Put us on the map. And, she yeah. won five hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And she tithed off yeah. that 500. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. She I said, she, I'm, I'm tithing off my winnings. I think she wrote something <laughs> on the envelope, too, didn't she? She, did. she kind of put it in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so wonderful. Uh, but you guys, and of course, Rhonda grew up here. She's, you know, yeah. since she was born, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, uh, she was uh, in, she was born, I won't say what year, but yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, pretty much she was born in the church. I always joke she was born in the third row from the back. And, you know, has been here ever since. And right. uh, born on a Sunday night in the back third row from the back of the church and yeah been playing the drums and been a part vital part of the church her whole life and so yes. when we started dating in 1980 it was only natural for i had no choice you know like hey you're coming to church with me well that was i had recommitted my life to christ the summer of 1980 and we started dating and mm -hmm. it's like i wasn't tied into any church in the area and so i started coming here and you know hey sister shirley brother tommy you know Jerry, Paula. Well, Jerry and Paula saw us come in and said, hey, you guys take over the youth. It was like, you know, third day, third day here, I was in charge of the youth. Yeah, it's that's like, how we used to do yeah. uh, volunteer. <laughs> We'd find the first warm body yeah. and say, hey, uh, you're going to do kids church. <laughs> for, for, for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, for 30 yeah, years. Yeah yeah. 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 Would you step into this role? And of course, everybody thinks it's going to be temporary. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's a life commitment. Yeah. But it was a, it's been a blessing all the years and stuff. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So we started, I started coming when dating Rhonda and we got married and we just have been involved in the church ever since. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about you and Rhonda and your family is your love for the local church. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in words, uh, but you guys have invested time, everything you've invested in the ministry of the local church. And, and as a result of that, uh, People's lives have been changed. Uh, the mission of the church has been advanced, and and uh, and we've been very blessed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, Rhonda used to play the drums, and so she'd be on the stage, and then we, wherever we were sitting, you know, she'd come down and say, "Hey, there's a new couple, you know, on the back row, or you know, middle. Of the, and we gotta need to meet them after church." So that's just what we did, and then you're inviting people over for lunch and stuff, and then I remember uh, a, a few people. If I stood behind them and sang. You know, that would be memorable for them. So because they'd say, the guy is really bad, but hey, he sounds like he sings from the heart, you know, so he, that's right. he's enjoying he, he himself. He invited us over for lunch, so we'll yeah. tolerate his that's, singing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you, you know, you talk about Rhonda's dancing and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically I say she has all the all the musical skills and all those things. I, and I have none. So. You but, got number skills, though. So hey, so you are a uh, an accountant by profession. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I've been doing that since you graduated college, yeah, right? 1981, yeah. yeah. Same place, yeah. Started working there. Uh, tax season, 1981, and then they hired me at the end of that tax season, and so I've been there ever since. They can't get rid of me. It's like, it's like here. It's like a church. You guys have tried, but can't get rid of me, so hey, I'm around. Not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Not ne going never anywhere. thought, I never thought I'd stay here, because I was always, you know, and as I start telling my story a little bit, I was always consider myself kind of a transient. So I thought, well... Hey, graduate from college. And this area was really hurting financially, you know, mm -hmm. economically in this area back in the late seventies, early eighties, a lot of industry was moving out and things. And so, and most of my friends were graduating and heading toward the Southwest, Texas and Arizona and things. And so, but God opened a door and, um, started working at Smith Kelling Dykstra and home, you know, right out of school and it's worked well. That's know? right. And they haven't been able to figure out how to get Stenzinger as a part of the name, have they? Yeah, that's exactly right. They, they tried, but I said, so I said, just go with the initials. My initials are in that's there right. somewhere. That's right, S-K-D-O. Yeah, S-K. Yeah. Hey, at least you got the first initial. That's right. In the yeah. new name, yeah. Yeah. S K. 
KDO. Yeah, yep. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I told him, I said, you don't want to put my name out there. We had to buy the building next door just to fit my name. So, yeah. You have, yeah, had to have two signs. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, you have a, you, you're blessed with a great family. Uh, you and Rhonda have been blessed with uh, five children. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey mm-hmm. and Caleb yep. and Santi, yep. Santiago mm-hmm. and Timio mm-hmm. and Dylan. Yep. You got them. Yeah, I got all of them. Yeah. And uh, what a blessing. I, you that... remember them better than me sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, you know, when you're with them, it's like uh, you go through three or four names. You know, I'm sure you yeah, never that's did what that parents with do. Landon yeah. and Logan. You never did that with Landon and Logan, did you? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I still do it occasionally. <laughs> and, they, and actually, when I do that, they don't really care for that, yeah. actually, to be called each other's names. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> Lydia has gotten by. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. skated by. Yeah. I, don't, I don't call her Landon or Logan. <laughs> Why did we do the L's? Yeah. I mean, yeah. at least you guys have different, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. different initials. We mixed it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so um, Casey and Caleb um, came along, and then you had, um, you, you guys adopted mm-hmm. uh, Santi and Timio mm-hmm. and adopted Dylan. Yep into your family. And, and so they are now, I mean, you guys are empty nesters. Yeah. Right? Usually for Pretty about much. two or three days at a time, <laughs> you know, we, right. we got, just when you think we're going to be empty nesters, it's like, okay, someone comes back home, Dylan, you know, I say you got kicked out of college last year when the pandemic hits and all the kids home. And then Caleb with his job now, he works between here and Los Angeles. And so he's back here quite a bit. And so he stays with us. And so, yeah, yeah. I think we've been empty. We're, we've been empty nesters for a combined two to three weeks. You know, <laughs> now the grandkids are here. So it's just, That's there, right. yeah. But and you have great. how many grandchildren? Two. Two yeah. grandchildren. Two These an- are Casey's. Another one on the way. Another yeah. one on the way. Yeah. So exciting. So exciting. Yeah. But you have some other uh, exciting events coming up in the family, though. Yeah. A couple of weddings. couple of yeah. weddings. Sa- Caleb is yeah. uh, engaged. Yeah. And Santi and Gio yeah. are getting married Yep. Pretty soon. October, October, yep. toward the end of October. Yeah. And then Caleb is January 1st. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Caleb took him a little longer, but hey, found a good woman, <laughs> good Christian gal. So that's hey, right. It's exciting. It's exciting when you can, hey, you do the best you can to raise your kids. And we'll talk some about that. But you do the best you can and you just put them in God's hands and you hope they make wise decisions. And ultimately, you, you pray that they'll marry Christian spouses and serve the Lord and, mm-hmm. and seek his will for their life that's above right. everything else. That's exactly yeah. right. And, you know, uh, Dick, as I was thinking, one, one thing I've loved about you as a dad, and I think I've said this to you in the past at some point, but this, this is our Father's Day episode, by the way. Oh, hey. I, I forgot to mention, this is our Father's Day episode. And so one of the things I've loved about you, Dick, as a, as a father to your kids is the impact um, that you made on me as I watched as a young husband. That was even before we had our children. Uh, when we first moved here and uh, was here, here's what I loved about you. This is what I, I watched. And sometimes you probably didn't think anybody was really paying attention to this, but, but it, 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 I certainly was. And it made an impact on me mm-hmm. is when your kids would come through the church lobby, you know, running, running <laughs> usually. Yeah. And when Casey, Casey and Caleb were, were young, were young. And uh, if we did have, well, no, we would have had at least Landon because we moved here with him. Uh, he was only nine months old at that time. So we, we were, I was a young father. 
and watching you, uh, uh, you know, a few years ahead of me with your young children. But one thing that I made an impact on me, you would see these kids and your, your children and you kind of swallow them up in your arms. It didn't matter what they were doing or who was around or anything. And you would look at them and you would say, I love you. Mm. <laughs> and you would, you would just make sure they, you know, you just kind of took their hands and or your, their face in your hands and you would just look at them and say, you know, I love you. Mm. And I thought, wow, that is, I, I didn't see any, I had never seen anybody do that. Mm. Uh, a dad that didn't care who was, what was going on around them? How many, you know, because that whole, that foyer at the Soldier Brother and Church, no, yeah, you know, we we'd, just, we'd have, you know, 75 people crammed in that foyer at a time and just so much chaos and everything. But it didn't matter what was going on. You, you grabbed up your kids when they would, when they were there. And I just saw you do this every, nearly every Sunday. I watched you do that. It's usually, I, it's usually because they were coming to bug me. It was like they were running up, <laughs> dad, dad, dad. And it's like, and then I deal with whatever they have to deal with. Uh, you know, I love yeah. you guys. Hey, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and they run off again. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but it, it, that did make an impact on me. And, uh, and I thought, you know, as a young dad, I want to, I want to express my, my love to my kids like that in a, in a, even in a public way, doesn't matter what was going on around us. I, I wanted it. I wanted to do that too. So you modeled that well. Well, for me. You, and yeah, I would say I want to make it natural. It was just a natural thing mm -hmm. because I determined. I just determined early on my kids would know I love them. Yeah. Okay. And you do that with actions, but also with words because um, I never. I really. This is serious. I never remember my parents or foster parents telling me they loved me. Now I know they did. Like I'll talk about my foster dad some, and things I've realized over the years the impact he had on my life, but he was a quiet kind of guy, mm -hmm. um, you know, but didn't speak that many. We didn't, I, I'm thinking, I don't remember having any deep conversations with him, but he modeled a life that had an impact on me. Yeah. And so, cause I think, well, my dad left us when I was five years old, but our family was already falling apart by then. Cause he was a truck driver. He was over the road, you know, he just lived a certain life, you know? And so he'd come home and my memories of my dad, my natural father are just very limited you know, so by the time I was five years old, our family was really falling apart, probably started even sooner than that, because I had a brother who died before I was born. And that really, you know, had a, a really terrible effect on my mom. And but it was the 1950s. And so she just soldiered on, mm -hmm. you know, she just lived with that the rest of her life and the, the sorrow of that. And so really, by the time I came along, I think the family was pretty well disintegrating. And, and um, so I have very few memories of my natural father. And then the first foster home I was in, we were in with a, just with a lady um, who had a couple teenagers of her own, but I don't know. I don't even know what happened to her, happened to her husband. If she was divorced or if he had died, I don't even know. I can't mm -hmm. remember, but we were there about a year. And how old were you? I was six. Time. You were six yeah. years mm -hmm. old. Yeah. yeah. And you have another brother. Yep. So, but you were able, the two of you, at least initially, were able to be together? Correct. Yeah, they, we were the whole time. The whole time. My brother, Mike, mm -hmm. who's three years older than me, and I have a brother, John, who's nine years older than me. And John was older. He lived with us just for a little bit in that first foster home. Then he started, he went to, he, he turned 16, went and started living with friends and, you know, so he'd been in some trouble and things and, uh, but ended up fine. You know, way we've been mm -hmm. very fortunate. It's amazing. All three of us with all we went through and things, all three of us have, have had very long-term marriages. Uh, John's coming up. He's, he's probably getting close to 50 years of being married. Mm. And Mike's been married, you know, 45 probably. And we just had our 40th anniversary. So it's really, it's just a great blessing. 
you know? It is. It is interesting because you said your first, so your parents, your biological parents kind of drifted mm-hmm. based on what happened to your older brother. Yep. And then uh, just the vocation of, you know, the profession of your dad on, mm-hmm. on the road and yep. living that lifestyle and things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then your first foster mom, you, you, there was not a, a husband present. Nope. During no that father time. figure. No father yeah. figure. Yeah. So, so even with that, it's, it's, it is interesting, isn't it? That the, the three of you have long-term marriages. It's like you determine whether it was subconscious or conscious mm-hmm. that, that's not what we want for our family. That's not the yeah. legacy we want. Yeah. We want to you, start something either, different. I guess you either learn from people's mistakes that you see or you, you learn from them or you repeat them. That's so right. Hopefully, I think we kind of learned from a lot of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, made, yeah, made certain decisions. And my brother, John, he, was, he had been in a lot of trouble as a teenager and things, and, uh, but he met a good woman, kind mm-hmm. of straighten about as so. we most most of us do <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah it takes a good woman to get us in line with the help of christ you know hey I said, right. christ in the center of it and i just say hey he's had he had his hand on me my whole life mm-hmm. you know his divine providence yeah. and i give him the praise and glory for for what we've experienced and what we live through and i can tell i don't need to elaborate on a lot of stories and stuff but yeah and then so that one year we were uh, with Lucille, um, the lady that she, that was like a transient home. There were kids coming in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and where was this? Is Gary? East Gary, East Gary, East Gary, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, right yeah. there, Gary, Indiana, mm-hmm. East Gary. And, um, and then, so she got to the point, I think it was a thing where she just couldn't take, she was getting older and, you know, couldn't take care of as many kids. How old the, were you guys at that time? Well, I was, I was six. So you were six. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was six. My brother was nine. And then there were all these kids coming through all the time. And the big thing while we're there, the big thing, every kid talking, it's like, my parents are coming to get me. My parents are coming this weekend. My parents are coming to get me, but you know what? Most of the parents didn't come. And yeah. so then we end up in other homes and things. So after a year, we ended up in a home in Hobart, Indiana with a couple named Bud and Rainey. Ira, Ira, we call them Bud and Lorraine. We mm-hmm. called her Rainey. And uh, they had already had four kids of their own, lived in a small house, I say, hey, when we got there, we ended up having two sets of bunk beds. They had two boys, and then they got Mike and I. And so we had two, be- two, be- two bunk beds, two sets of bunk beds in a small room. And then they had two girls. And then three years later, they had another girl. And um, so, but they were great. You know, they were Christian people and didn't have much, and, but just had a passion for serving Christ and took us into their home. And then three years in, um, Bud had a major accident. He worked at a steel mill in Gary. And he had an accident. He fell from about 25 feet up, crushed his leg, had multiple surgeries. That was 1969. So we'd been with him about three years. And I always said it's a miracle because they could have given us up. They could have given Mike and I up because they just couldn't handle it financially, but they didn't, you know? And so, you know, when, you, when you're, you don't realize that, I mean, you know, when I'm, you know, 11 years old or whatever at the time, no one's saying, you know, hey, we can give you up or we're not, you know, it was just, they kept us, and that's the that's thing. They always treated us like their own mm-hmm. from the very beginning. There was no—and yeah. so that's what we've strived to do, you know, with, uh, with Casey and Caleb being our natural children. And then the boys we adopted, it's like, hey, you're part of the family. That's you know, right. You're all, you're all the same. Now, let me ask you, you, you mentioned that um, the, with Lucille, mm-hmm. your first foster home— mm-hmm. Uh, that the kids would, you know, so many kids in and out, and they were always anticipating mom and dad coming. You ever have that anticipation when you were that age? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I had it for years. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because, you know, my dad landed at Normandy. My natural dad landed at Normandy. So he's always kind of a hero, you know, because, mm-hmm. hey, when we were in the night, we're all playing Army, you know, your kids and stuff, hey, you know. And so, I mean, most of our parents had fought in World War II or the Korean War. And so it's just a common thing to talk about war in the Army. And, you know, so he was always kind of a hero for, to me, even though I really didn't know him. Yeah. And, um, and then I remember thinking at one time, I'm going to be a truck driver because he was a truck driver. Mm-hmm. So even, yeah, for several years, you just think, yeah, because there would, well, my mom, my mom just wasn't capable of taking care of us. I mean, she would have, if she could have, because it broke her heart Yeah. because when they took us away, it really just, you know, it was another tough thing in her life. She lived a rough life. And so mm-hmm. it was really a really tough thing for her, but she just wasn't, wasn't capable so, so your dad, so let's pause there for a second. Your dad landed in Normandy mm-hmm. on D-Day. Yeah. And, um, do you ever talk about that? I mean, later I, on. I, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to that, uh, yeah. reconnection, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's a, you wonder, I mean, the impact that had had to have had on him. Yep. yep. Um, mentally, emotionally. Yep. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's really difficult to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were, but it was your second foster home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this man is injured. He can't work. He keeps, they, they keep the two of you and your brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was really the one that they had great influence, mm-hmm. really introduced you to the Christian faith at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When we, when we, when we moved in with them, I remember the first week we moved in with them, it was revival week back then. Oh, they yeah. went to the Nazarene church in Hobart and it was revival week. It's like district revival or something, area revival. We went to church every night. By about the third night, Mike and me are, and we're like, man, all they ever do is go to church. Well, gonna, <laughs> is this how it is yeah, every it's night? Like, it's like, oh, man, alive. <laughs> and how much and, church do these yeah, people need? Yeah. And kids think they have a bad now. They got to come for you know, a couple hours <laughs> one, on Sunday. One hour or Sunday, yeah. yeah, uh-huh. so, yeah. So, hey, uh, you, you tell, hey, suck it up. We had to go. We went 10 nights in a row. So, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, I fell in love with it. You know, mm-hmm. I just saw the joy in it and the joy in the gospel and Mm-hmm. latched onto it and made a huge difference in my life, all things of the church. And, and then I thought, you know, thinking about this and talking about Father's Day, you know, there were guys in the church that had an impact on me and a guy named Lester Cornett, who pretty much taught me in junior high and high school, taught the, the, um, it was a junior high and high school, Sunday school classes, you know, just a, just a great guy, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he was a carpenter by trade, but just had six kids of his own and just, you know, he cared, you know, he was a guy that, Hey, you know, whatever you were doing, he, he'd ask you on Sunday morning, hey, you know, how, what's going on? You know, what events you're involved in in school and stuff. He just really was very, you know, had impact. Yeah. And um, yeah. And those were probably pretty small moments, weren't mm-hmm. they? I yeah. mean, it was just uh, an adult, mm-hmm. a man mm-hmm. uh, saying, I'm, I'm interested in you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. isn't that isn't that true? Sometimes the and the consistency of that. So you probably saw him every Sunday yep. that you were mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And he sh- took a little time mm-hmm. to show interest. Yep. And how simple that is. But yet you still know his name and mm-hmm. still are recounting that and the impact that he made. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how, how often we sometimes neglect those small moments where we could just pay attention mm-hmm. to someone and ask questions and be interested in their life and show that we care. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... <laughs> You know, we just don't really know how, mm-hmm. how those, the cumulative effect of those, those brief moments of, in a foyer or hallway or classroom, yeah. how they're going to have lifelong impact on somebody. Yeah. And, and at the time you don't, you know, you're a teenager. It's like, Hey, you know, yeah. You know, I mean, 
this old guy's just asking me a few questions, but then you, <laughs> you know, it starts over a period of time, just the, you know, knowing that I just really realized that he had a great love for us and what he did. And then, you know, I, I saw him model, you know, as well, like Bud did with Rainey, uh, a, a great marriage and raising kids, you know, in the 1960s, 70s, I mean, hey, it was a challenge, it was a changing time. Mm-hmm. And um, so they weathered a lot of storms. Yes. They really did. So, yeah. But just, you know, you, you talking about that, uh, Lester is his name? Lester Cornette. Yeah, yep. Lester, mm-hmm. Lester uh, showing interest. But I've seen you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, so really, it's, it, it's interesting how those influences, sometimes even though they, we may not connect the dots on them, but that model then shows up in our adult life. And we, we do the same thing that somebody did for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just knowing people care, you know, knowing people care, yeah. you know, showing interest in Mm-hmm. people you know and i always say yeah you get so busy in life and yeah. you think i've always you know with my profession and with what i do i've worked a lot and and so you always think man i wish i could do more you mm-hmm. know in ministry in certain areas but but god puts you where you are to be a minister as well that's yeah, right I do what i do with my profession as well so yeah absolutely yeah we have a mission field wherever yeah. we are mm-hmm. absolutely so so you after um that second foster home mm-hmm. with Bud and Rainey, mm-hmm. did they, uh, were you in a, another foster home or nope. did you kind of age out at that point from? Yeah, I aged out. They moved. I was with them until 1975. And then I was going to be a senior in high school. They moved to Southern Indiana where Bud's family was from. I think a lot of it was for financial reasons. It was cheaper to live there in Bicknell, Indiana than it was near Gary. And then I can't remember. I think his father was getting older. It was family reasons and things. So they moved to Southern Indiana. I wanted to finish high school at Hobart High School. That's where I'd been. I was on the wrestling team. And, you know, so I ended up moving in with my brother. My brother who's nine years older than me, John, who was married by then. I actually had a child by then. And so I was able to move in with him and finish high school there. So, But I stayed in contact with Rainy and Bud, and I would go there during college. And, and then it got, you get busy in life, and, you know, it's been, it was kind of sporadic. They both passed on. And, um, but over the last few years, I really, I started realizing the impact Bud had on my life in certain areas, even without saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, one was he respected his wife. Yeah. He and Rainey had a love for each other and there was a mutual respect and they, they dealt with things. You never, I, I can't remember them having big arguments in front of us. You know, everyone's got disagreements and sure. I'm sure they had a lot of issues to deal with, um, over many years. And, but you know, just the way they dealt with each other handled situations together. Yeah, because um, they went through crisis together. Yeah. I mean, not only did they raise their own children, now they're taking in two boys, and then he gets injured. That wasn't something that they that yeah. happened at, it happened after the fact of yep. taking in two new children. Yep. And and the sacrifice mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that they were making that you, you didn't realize at the yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, financially it had to be a heavy burden, you know, and, I, and we, we kind of knew that because we couldn't afford to do a whole lot. And, but they may do. They somehow made it because he ended up going on disability. Um, cause he couldn't go back to the mill, but he could do enough. He was a kind of a handy guy. So he'd get odd jobs and then usually he'd end up getting us to help him with some of those. And, you know, so yeah. he'd find a way he'd get resourceful and do what he could do. And, um, but that's what I, one other thing I learned and it's work hard, even when work is hard, you know, yes. I look at him, he worked in a steel mill and then even with his disability, he found a way I got to He's got to make some money. So he'd work hard, even though work for him was very hard. And, um, so it's, it's it's what we have to do in life, you know, try to instill a work ethic and try to do that. In my kids and, mm-hmm. you know, none of them are going to be CPAs because they don't want to work 
you know, <laughs> crazy taxis and hours, <laughs> but, but they've, they've seen the sacrifice and mm -hmm. what you have to do. Like I say, Hey, it takes a lot, it takes a lot to live today. Um, you know, just to live an ordinary life. So it's mm -hmm. like, well, you got to get out and work hard and be resourceful. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you got to work a couple jobs, sometimes you have to, and I see, I've seen so many people do those things. So, so what other, uh, so you, you saw, uh, Bud respect, the mm -hmm. mutual respect in marriage mm -hmm. made an impact. His work ethic mm -hmm. uh, made an impact on you. Um, what else? Um, don't speak ill of anyone and get along with all people, if at all possible, by all means, mm -hmm. right from the God, right from Paul, you know, what Paul said right. in, in Romans. So mm -hmm. live peaceably with all people in the sixties and seventies, the times of social and racial upheaval or in Gary, Indiana. I mean, it was, you know, there was tons of right. racial issues and all the social upheaval, but I never remember Bud speaking ill of any group of people or anyone. I remember he, he got a job one time. It was working for a lady that, and we had to do a bunch of yard cleanup and stuff. She had a huge yard. And so he enlisted us to rake all these leaves and all this. And so, but she kind of had, the way she talked was kind of funny to us. And so we were, we were trying to talk like her. We were really making fun of her, mm -hmm. you know? And he said, boys that's enough. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah. it was like, Hey, he wasn't going to tolerate no, you uh, guys demeaning. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And he just, you know, and the other thing, he just, his attitude because, and same thing, I can't remember him begrudging his situation, you know, going through multiple surgeries. He had, I remember he had multiple surgeries on his legs and stuff and, um, but never, you know, I never heard him complain that, you know, why is this happening to me? And, you know, mm -hmm. why me, God? Or he just pressed on and did what he could do, you know? And so just set a great example. Um, the other thing was he had a moral standard that he stood by. Drove us crazy sometimes. But, <laughs> right. you know, he had a high moral standard. Mm -hmm. And so in the 1970s, you know, his TV was changing yes. in a big way. Mm -hmm. there, someone on TV would say a cuss word. He'd say, Okay, well, like Starsky and Hutch. You know, you're watching Starsky and Hutch. Right. Starsky yeah. throws out a four-letter word, and, hey, they say another one. We're changing the channel. Next thing you know, Huggy Bear is coming <laughs> back and saying some four-letter words. It's like, oh. So we'd all groan, oh. He'd say, change, change the channel. channel. Change the channel, you know. So did you ever figure out the ending of a Starsky and Hutch no, uh, no, episode? No, no, because no. Starsky or you know, Huggy Bear. All this is unresolved yeah, for you. Yeah, I got to go watch, <laughs> go back and watch all those seasons, you know? So, hey, have you ever talked about Starsky and Hutch on one of these podcasts? No, yeah. we have not. Yeah. It's a new, yeah, it's yeah, new yeah. for us. <laughs> new territory. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, he just, you know, he had set a standard, even though, hey, times were changing. And as they're always changing, you know, the, the bar is being pushed back. Oh, yeah. And so, but I... I always, we were never that strict, you know, with our kids growing up, but we had a standard. And so like, um, well, when MTV came, you know, Casey wants to watch whatever the road, road shows, road rules. We didn't have MTV. We had it blocked on our TV, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but we weren't, you know, if we had a few cuss words on TV. Hey, we can live with that and whatever, but, but MTV, the influence of that. So we didn't have, so Casey had to sneak to the neighbor's house to watch <laughs> her MTV. So yeah, you know, <laughs> Hey, when you're a teenager, you get resourceful. So, yeah. Oh, yes, you do. You <laughs> certainly do. You certainly do. But through that all, through all of it, he had a faith in God, you know, yeah. and that set the tone. He never finished high school, so he was not well-educated, and mm -hmm. um, but just his, he had a, a godly wisdom. It was really what it was that, you know, and they faced a lot of struggles. You know, they had their oldest daughter got pregnant um, in high school, 
And so, I mean, that was traumatic, 1973. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just things, society was changing and the challenges they had to face. And they just did it with a, a calm assurance that uh, putting their faith and trust in Christ. Right. Yeah. Now, you, um, after you left there and you started living with your brother, uh, how many years was it that you reconnected with your your biological dad. Yeah, it was 13 years. So 13 I, years. Yeah, I didn't see him from 1965 to 1978. And it reconnected. And then he'd lived a hard life and things. And he actually he was actually just living up here in Lansing, Illinois, when I finally reconnected with him. And my brother John tried to keep connection between my mom and him. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was in Cincinnati at the time. So we reconnected. And, and, um, and then, yeah, then uh, before he died, he died in 1999 and 98, he kind of did a little tour and uh, came up and stopped at my brother's house in Indianapolis and came up here and spent a few days. He was able to go see the kids play soccer. And then uh, he mm-hmm. and I and Caleb went over to Steak and Shake and sat down and just, I just, because the, the movie Private Ryan had just come out. Oh, yeah. And so I just said, hey, Dad, you know, I know you landed at Normandy. So he opened up about it and said, you know, hey, because he had seen the movie because a lot of the veterans were going to see it. And he said, well obviously, you know, living it is a lot different than seeing it on a movie. He said, what you see in a movie is terrible, but he said when, by the time he landed, it was just bloodshed everywhere. It was just, you know, yeah. so yeah, devastation and yeah, mm-hmm. unbelievable. So yeah, right. so he'd been through a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you reconnected with him and your mom mm-hmm. yep. um, mm-hmm. later on in yep. life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and so, you know, as you look, as you look back uh, at, all that you have gone through mm-hmm. with both um, uh, a separation of your mom and dad and then being placed in strangers' homes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, twice, mm-hmm. um, and you the reconnection of your dad later and your mom. Wh- wh- when you look back at that, what, do you, what is it that you say, this is what God has kind of taught me through, through this? Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that you that you kind of bring forward right now? Um, yeah, and I I I just I, I had a cogn- I was cognizant of how I wanted to live, you know. Even though I did stray from the gospel from Christ for a few years during college and things, but I knew how I wanted to live. I wanted to live a Christian life. I wanted to serve Christ, and uh, that was you know I accepted Christ when I was a young teenager um, in a re- revival at the Nazarene church in the early seventies, I know I wanted to live for Christ and serve him. And that was the difference. And so I know, Hey, I want my, I know I want my kids to know I love them. I want to serve. I want to leave the exam, leave an example. And like I told you the other day with some things going on that you and I are aware of with people, decisions they've made. Um, I, I'm at a point where I'm 62 years old. I want to, I want I'm thinking legacy, you know, in some form, um, more than just monetary, but a, a spiritual legacy to say, hey, your mom and I have been married 40 years, and we we stuck through it. We're going to keep going. Okay, these hopefully the latter years are better than the former. You know, mm-hmm. finish strong like Caleb in the Bible. You know, that's right. And just keep pressing on and keep serving Christ, and to say you can do it. You know, as you know, Casey's been married 13 or 14 years. 13 years now. Santi getting married. I told talked to him the other day. Hey, you got to build the hedges high and put Christ in the center of it. I always say, Christ is like the hub of the wheel, you know? The hub of the wheel, you put Christ in the center of that wheel, and you guys are going to have all these things, all these spokes going, mm-hmm. all the spokes that stick out from your life. You're going to have special interests, things you like to do, but you come back to the hub, 
okay, and say Christ is the center. He's the strength of this of the wheel. And so even though you have all these other things going on, so hey, just put Christ in the center, and that's what we strive to do. And then, you know, in the early 80s, too, there were just some great teachers, great Bible teachers, and, you know, with Focus on the Family was on the rise, Dr. Dobson, Zig Ziglar, I read his book, Raising Positive Kids in a Negative World, and so there were resources that you, you would read to and, mm-hmm. and take that, and then, and then the gospel. And, you know, Derek, I, when, when we were going to do this, I was thinking, it's interesting, this hit me just the other night, and knowing we we're going to do this, I'm thinking, you know, most of the most of the instruction in the Old Testament seems to be sons, children, obey your parents, you know, obey your parents in the Lord, honor your father and mother, you know, basically mm-hmm. don't make a fool of yourself. And, you know, and then it's interesting that in the New Testament. So I think, well, children were, you know, second class citizens, essentially. And so, hey, they want to bring the children to Jesus and the disciples push them away. And Jesus says, mm-hmm. no, hey. That's Suffer right. the little children, bring them unto me. This is the kingdom of heaven. And right. then where Paul, where Paul says, hey, fathers, he directed it to fathers and not mm-hmm. to the sons. So instead yes. of saying sons, obey your father, you know, that's part of it too. But he says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Yes. And then that was, is that in Ephesians? And I think Colossians, Ephesians, uh-huh. Colossians is another where it says. Yeah, don't exasperate your children. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, don't um, embitter them. They mm-hmm. have different interpretations. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, you know, it's interesting because that was a teaching that would have been new to those people because Absolutely. it was always a, the father was in charge. He rules the house, rules the roost. Same thing with the spouse. Hey, you know, basically, hey, respect your spouse, you know, as Paul said in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. So, hey, lo- or love your spouse as Christ yeah. loves the church. That's right. He elevated, he elevated everyone. They elevated everyone to a, to a level of, basically being equal. That's right. And um, yeah, there were household codes uh, that mm. they would go by in the Roman world. Mm. And yeah, the gospel then changed, transformed those household codes, Mm -hmm. how we related to one another, how you valued people differently Mm -hmm. as a result of of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because now you're not just uh, slave or free, Gentile and Jew, we're one in Christ. Mm-hmm. So how, as we are one in Christ, how, how then does this transform of this, this, you know, this cultural code that we've been living under, how does it get transformed? And Paul's saying, oh, it gets transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, now we have mutual submission mm-hmm. to one another. We, we uh, you know, the slaves and the masters, the workers and the servants, you know, there, there's a different relationship that results. Same with fathers to sons and children, you know, and daughters. Uh, there's a, a difference in how these relationships get lived out because of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, you know, raising the kids, raising our kids and, and realizing those verses, don't provoke your children to wrath, so, or don't embitter them. And that's a challenge. Because we have to discipline, we have to discipline with love, and you can't you can't go too far on either side. You know, if you love too much, then they're going to try to get away with murder, and if you are too disciplinarian, they're going to run from you. They're not going to, you know, the first thing right. you want to do is get out of the house when they're of age or whatever, and and it strange relationships, and so that's a that's a hard teaching because he, you know Paul didn't expound on it that much. He just said, "Fathers, no. don't you know, <laughs> no. well, hey, that's a." <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. How can you give me some examples, Paul? Yeah. 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 It, it is difficult. I mean, I mean, there's not a father out there. Certainly, you know, with uh, one of my sons sitting here, yeah. uh, producing this podcast, <laughs> he wants to throw. Uh, he he yeah. has a microphone. Otherwise, he'd throw I, in. Some I know. Comments, he's, yeah. he's so looking for a microphone yeah. right now uh, <laughs> to chip in his two cents. But um, but you know, you you as a father, of course, we always have days that we would rather have some do overs. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, and so, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to discipline, trying to love, trying to do both of those things together for the benefit of the child uh, is, is a difficult uh, sometimes line to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet we, you know, we need God's grace and we need his help. You know, it is, it is no mistake that Ephesians 5 that deals with marriages and then deals with uh, parents to children, uh, the preceding verses of that says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you've been teaching on that. I yeah. have been teaching <laughs> yeah. on it because, yeah. I mean, you can't do the one without mm-hmm. the other. You can't, we cannot fulfill uh, these, this transformation of relationship on our own. We, we desperately need the filling of the Holy Spirit to be able to have discerning, discernment mm-hmm. and wisdom about how to uh, correct our children and, and counsel them and, mm-hmm. and model Christ before them. I mean, these are, these are uh, things left to ourselves are, are unmanageable. We just can't, we can't do this on our own. We need the help of the Lord. Yeah. And I would just, I just hit me to speak to um, parents to, you know, Ron and I, our job isn't done. You're never done being a parent, but our youngest is 21. We go from 21 to 36 uh, with the kids. And so, but I mean, Hey, for the most part, we've done the job, but there are people that are maybe listening to this. They're in the midst of it. And in the midst of the pandemic with kids home from school and having to zoom and, and parents working from home and, and the whole dynamic of family life has been uprooted in the last year. Um, I just speak to you and say, Hey, hang in there, put your faith and trust in Christ and but keep pressing on by his grace you know it's like you'll get through this but it's hard i i told Rhonda, i said man i i can't imagine if this would have been about 10 years ago when we had the the three boy the three boys would have been home mm-hmm. pre-teenage you know mm. she'd have been calling me every day yes dick come home i can't handle it <laughs> <laughs> right come and set them straight yeah we had i remember one summer when the boys were 10 12 and 13 or whatever you know it was the first day of summer and she calls me. She says, you got to get home. I'm not putting up with this all summer. <laughs> <laughs> but they, because they're just fighting, you know, boy, right. boys are oh, just yeah. going at it. So, hey. Yeah. 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 So, so you've given some great um, uh, counsel to some, some dads out there um, and the lessons that, that Bud taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, review some of those again. Okay. Because all you, all you dads out there, maybe you're, maybe you're a young father, you're just starting out. Maybe you're not a father yet. Um, maybe you're not even married, but you will be. Uh, you know, God's going to bring someone into your life. You're going to have children, and you uh, you need uh, this counsel today. So if you're a young uh, young dad, maybe you're in the maybe you're middle aged. You know, maybe you're getting close to this uh, empty nest, and you need to revitalize and redeem the time that's left uh, with the children that are still remain under your roof. So, what what is the what, what are some of these things you say, dads, remember yeah. this? Yeah, and if you're strained, if you have a, you know, a lot of people have strained relationships with their fathers, mm-hmm. you know, do your best to heal it. You know, I was able to reconnect with my dad, and uh, at, the, at his funeral, they had asked my brother, yeah, do any of you guys want to say something? And my, my brother couldn't, he was too emotional. And my, my sister-in-law, Jonda, she said, oh, Dickie, you'll say something, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Okay. It was very interesting because... You know, you wonder about his eternal salvation. And um, he had reconnected. He had cleaned his life up. He had, my brother had moved him down to South Carolina mm-hmm. uh, about the last five years of his life. He really cleaned himself up. He was dating a woman who was, had gone to the Methodist church. She told me, she said, your dad is saved. I said, hey, 
That's great. But you, you, you wonder. And, you know, so I went to sleep that night and, and I had a dream and that dream was from Forrest Gump. Mm. And you remember when Captain Dan jumps yes, in the water right. yeah. and, and something to the effect of Captain Dan has made his peace with God. And it came to me, your dad has made his peace with God. And so, you know, hey, no one's perfect in this world. Everyone lives, you know, a certain life. But I say he made a lot of mistakes, and but it worked out for our good. In the, in the long run, I'm, I don't know where I would have ended up or where I would have, if it wouldn't have been me being placed in that home with Rainy and Bud, Christian people who serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. I saw the example, and I latched onto it. And yeah. saw the joy of Christ in it. So, but yeah, hey, well, we just to you know reiterate, hey, respect your spouse. Your kids will your kids will notice how you treat your wife or your spouse. It's the greatest gift yeah. dads can give their kids, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is a, is a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've always said, and I, I think it's true. You know. So hey, because I think I think our kids have seen it because I still kiss Rhonda when I get home from work, and I kiss her in the morning, and you know I. Give her a little pat on the rump every now and then. You know, are we allowed to? Are we allowed to say that? Oh, <laughs> why not? All in good. Why not? It's All called in... the Connect Podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> so hope they've they've seen that and they, you know, model mm-hmm. it. And I, you know, I think a little bit. I think they want some of that in their marriages. I hopefully, mm-hmm. and um, you know, as I said, hey, you know, Bud taught me to work hard and have a work ethic and and live by a certain standard, set a moral standard that doesn't waver. Oh, that's hard mm-hmm. in the world we live in, you know, say so it's easy yeah, to tell your is. kids, do this, don't do this, do this, do as I say, not as I do. And, you know, it's easy to say, but they're watching you in that, in that, you know, the old, Hey, many lessons are more caught than taught. And, mm-hmm. um, that old saying, yeah. and so that's very, very evident there. And, and that's kind of like what I, what I've tried to do too, through the years, I've tried to, you know, have a high measure of grace with the kids and they've all done. I say, Derek, you know what? A little bit of calamity is good. We don't mm-hmm. want tragedy, mm-hmm. but hopefully kids and they they learn from they learn from calamity, but you don't want tragedy. That's right, you know. And so we've had some some calamity, you know. With the, anytime you got five mm-hmm. kids, and there's been calamity, but fortunately not much tragedy. And so you just thank God for that for having His hand of protection on them, absolutely watching over them. So absolutely. Um, but so you give them a little bit of string, you know. They got to learn, and and I don't want them to have a Christian faith because I did. You know, That's right. I, I want them to have their own faith. And to discover it on their own. And, Absolutely. You know, you, you, all you can do is guide them, guide them and lead them and do the best you can. But they got to, they got to, it's they their to decision. Their faith. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, it has been a pleasure, Dick, to have you on the Connect podcast and to share your story. Um, and I'm, I'm just so grateful for every time uh, I've shared it. Every time you share it, uh, there's a little extra detail that I hadn't heard before. And I just make it up as I go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm grateful. And you give great counsel to the dads out there that might be listening and the lessons you learned, because these are, these are, um, you know, these are basic, these, these are basic lessons of living after Christ, following Jesus Christ. And yet the, the foundational things, uh, are what build lives. Mm-hmm and relationships that build legacies. And so uh, I trust that you dads listening will grasp on, hold on to this, uh, and uh, love your love your wives as Christ loved the church. Love your children. Mm-hmm. Be gracious. Um, uh, don't let your kids be brats. <laughs> That's right. They still need correction. That's right. They still need correction. That's and right. if, you, if you're not, you know, if you don't have the courage, then 
please bring it, bring, bring it to somebody that they can. I got to share one more thing. <laughs> maximize your time because yes. time is limited, but you have to maximize your time with your kids because there's this, this window. And so the, our natural reaction, I always say by nature, we're all selfish. Yes. So whatever that selfish nature is, if it's to come home from work and your first thing is like for me, I love to read a newspaper. I like to read the Kenki journal, you know? So mm -hmm. my natural reaction, you come home, the newspaper sitting there. It's like the first react. I'd like to sit down and read. No, I can wait. You know, yes. I can deal with the kids. We're going to have all, all have supper together yeah. and shouldn't spend time together. And then for years when I was working to build a practice an accounting practice, um, a clientele, you know, I would come home. And we'd have supper. I'd play with the kids, packing that time, coaching soccer, all kinds of crazy stuff. And then I, we'd get them in bed, and I'd go back to work till the wee hours of the morning. So, mm -hmm. and just hey, it's you know what, fatherhood is geared for the young, Logan. Yes. That's why you're young. They have six or seven kids while you're young, man. So that's right. <laughs> and grandchildren but, are geared for us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I've talked enough. Hey. Uh, man, I appreciate you being with us. And I am thankful for those of you that are dads listening right now. Look, we're, we're in it with you and we love you and we're cheering you on as well. Uh, there's always someone behind you that could use your encouragement. There's always somebody ahead of you that you could learn from that could mentor you. I trust that we can do both of those things yeah. as, as godly fathers uh, for those, uh, because we, we all need one another. And man, in our culture, dads are always uh, coming out on the short end many times. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they don't get the respect. I don't think that they, they deserve, even though I am a dad. Uh, but, I, but I'm speaking on behalf of all of us. I'm thankful for you. Uh, we're cheering you on. God bless you. And we're grateful you joined us today on the Connect Podcast. We'll see you next time. 